On October 10th, 2019, three-year-old Arabella Parker suffered a brutal beating by her mother's boyfriend, Jared Burgess. In the media frenzy that followed, several questions arose surrounding the history of abuse, the alleged reports, and who's to blame. After the child's death on November 22, 2019, one question remains prominent. How do we prevent this from happening again? Bringing you the facts of the case of the murder of three-year-old Arabella Parker, this is About Last Night, a true crime podcast. Produced by Harv Productions, LLC. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to About Last Night. I'm your host, Anna Wiest, an advocate for justice. This season, we are bringing you a devastating, heart-wrenching story. This is a story that is incredibly hard to tell, but deserves to be told nonetheless. This is the story of Arabella Parker. On October 10th, 2019, three-year-old Arabella Parker was severely beaten by her mother's boyfriend, Jared Burgess. Parker spent 44 days in a coma at Geisinger Medical Center before she passed away on November 22nd, 2019. Francis Garcella is an award-winning reporter with the Daily Item, the local newspaper. He began reporting on this case from day one and is joining me today to give his perspective on the story. Francis, tell us how you first got word of the child, Arabella Parker. So I was actually uh, coming back from a high school football game and uh, I had received a message that there was an incident uh, outside of Shimokin in a little town of called Treverden. So I started to make phone calls and the word I was getting was there was a child that was severely beaten. So by the time I made it back to uh, the office, uh, I had been getting several phone calls at that point uh, about the incident. That night there was an arrest made. Well, I should say the next day there was an arrest made. And uh, we had come to find out that uh, the boyfriend of a woman was being accused of, of beating this child and leaving her in a coma in a hospital. But was it what was more interesting of anything was we had calls from the mother of the child who was looking to speak. So what made that very interesting is it was on a Sunday. So I went into the newspaper and I met with the family and listened to her speak. And that's where she was claiming she was abused. Uh, her name was Samantha Delcamp. And she was claiming she was abused. And she was uh, ordered to march up and down steps. The child was beat. She had nothing to do with this. It's, it was horrible. She, you know, she she cried. The, the whole nine yards. And uh, I did the interview with her. So literally two days after this happened, she was on the front page of the newspaper telling her story that quick and tell me about the interview like you were face to face with her did, did you believe her that she had also been abused did you believe that she wasn't involved in the beating of her child like what were your first thoughts so i mean that's a good question because you know you never want to believe the worst in people but in this job you just kind of start to get the knack of of 
reading people when they speak. So I didn't know what to think, but I did know a lot of people that knew of her. So I made a lot of phone calls and, and asked a lot of questions and, and it came back to, uh, many negative things about her. And then I start finding other police reports and then I start finding other incidents. And, and that next week I really dug into, into this family. And what I found out was not, uh, was not good. And it was very newsworthy to show what was, what was happening in this poor little girl's life. And there was a lot of disgusting things with this that even as a reporter, I look back on it and I say, I can't even believe some of the things that I've read, some of the things that I've witnessed, it just was absolutely shocking and horrible. And this one really like just stuck. Arabella Parker was born on September 20th, 2016. In her three short years of life, she lived in four different houses. For eight months, the child lived in a home with 76-year-old Harry Young, a convicted sex offender of Milton, Pennsylvania. So, like, based on what I've read and what I've looked into, this three-year-old, Arabella Parker, had actually lived in several different homes in her three years of life. So how did, did, did you find that out? Yes, that's, we uncovered that. And uh, myself and another reporter at the newspaper went to the courthouse and pulled several uh, files and documents and what I've come to find out was that this child lived in a home with a convicted a sex offender. I, I, just bizarre. Samantha Delcamp, her mother, had her living in the same home as a convicted sex offender? Samantha Delcamp's herself, yes, she was living in a she was living in a home with a convicted sex offender, yes. Was was Jared Burgess? No, he was not there at the time, so she left that she left there, but the fact to to me that I found to be horrific was that no children and youth reporter knew that or 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 if they did did not act on that and and there's nowhere in any documents that say differently. And I've questioned that a, a lot of times. And, and obviously it comes back that, you know, the reporters are the big bad guys. But the fact is, is that we've asked those questions and how did that even come to be? And why would that even come to be? But there never really was any answers on that. And had had like other relatives or had anyone else called children and youth to report that this child was living in this home? There's no documents that say there was, and that's the, that's the problem to me is that there's nothing there to say that. So I've asked uh, questions left and right to various agencies, including the, the agency where this you know allegedly took place, and, and I challenge any one of them to come on with you and sit and talk and explain the situations, and I'd love to be the one to do some of the questioning on that because I've tried, and we've got no, no answers on how this child ended up living in, in some of the situations that she was in uh, this, the, the convicted sex offender one is just mind boggling that that child was there. I mean, anybody listening, look it up. It's mind boggling. It it's, makes absolutely zero sense that, that in this day and age that that can slip through the cracks to me, but then to make matters worse, then there's incidents where, where this, these, you know, workers would come and visit with Arabella and, and nothing was wrong with the child and the child was great. And you'll get into all of that throughout the season, I'm sure. And you'll be able to speak with some of the family members. But 
but nothing was wrong with the child and she was happy. And But yet you have a doctor, uh, a renowned doctor in Dr. Bellino from Geisinger Medical Center. And anybody listening across the country knows of Geisinger Medical Center. And this guy says that this kid couldn't even be walking. It, it would have been the abuse that, that this child would have taken during that time period. The healing process would have been painful. But we have people that testify that say, oh, she was smiling and jumping around and having a good old time. Well, how? How does that make sense? So so where is that? I mean, could people honestly sit back and live with themselves knowing that? One, is Dr. Bellino not accurate? Or number two, are these social workers not accurate in what they're saying? And if so, why? why? I mean, is it because nobody expected anything like this to happen? I don't know. You know, the sad part is, is that, is that as you learned in season one is sometimes you'll never get the answers to the questions. And, and it seems to me in this one, there's a lot of the, uh, the end result is guilty and, and you, you, you know, you'll get into all that. And, and actually during this season, you'll be fortunate enough to do a, a live segment or where there's going to be a sentencing going on for Samantha Delcamp. But the fact is, is that you've seen that sometimes these, you'd never get the true answers. And in this one, why why wouldn't you want the true answer in this one i mean i mean there's just there's a lot of people that must lay their head down at night and know and when they lay their head down at night they gotta they gotta live with that for the rest of their lives to know one way or another at this time i would like to welcome any individuals that work for children and youth currently or have in the past to reach out to me to talk about even the policies and procedures, even if you weren't necessarily involved in this case. I would love to be able to interview you. We'll be right back. Celebrate Sunbury River Fest this August 18th to the 20th. This year's festivities are kicking off with the annual Valley's Got Talent competition. Francis and I will both be judging this year's acts, so come and see us and some entertaining local performers on Thursday, August 18th at 7 p.m. in the Shiklemi High School Auditorium. Then venture over to Front Street on Friday and Saturday for food, fun, music, and more at this year's Art Comes Alive themed Riverfest. Find Sunbury River Festival on Facebook for more information. Jared Burgess had a history of violence prior to the time he spent with Arabella. In 2018, he was subject to a PFA order after he had allegedly smashed his ex-girlfriend's head on a dashboard and stalked her. Despite this history, Burgess was permitted to be a large part of Arabella's last few months of life. Jared Burgess, wasn't he like subject to a PFA order after he smashed his ex-girlfriend's head on a dashboard in 2018? Like that was before all this even happened. Uh, it was. There, there, there was. I mean, that's all alleged. That's all. I don't know, you know, about that. I know, obviously, that there's a there shows a history to that. And if that was the case, and when children and youth were checking on this child, they should have known the background of, of both of them. In November of 2018, Arabella was traveling with her father, Carl Parker, when a drunk driving accident occurred. And, like... This child was in a drunk driving accident with her father. Who was driving? Because there's controversy about that as well as who was driving. Was the father driving or was Samantha driving? Which one was driving? 
which one was driving. We don't know because they did talk about that as well and tried to bring that up in, in, in many different hearings throughout the time of who was driving, which one was driving. Did she take the, the blame because the father had previous uh, you know, dry, drunk, drinking and driving incidents? Again, I don't know. It never came out who was actually driving. So, yes, this child is bit, well, just, just, this poor child went through hell, went through hell and had not a soul there to help. And that to me is just something that will stick as one of the cases that, uh, that I've covered. Uh, this is one of the most horrific, if not the most horrific. Custody of Arabella Parker was in the hands of the courts only a month before she was brutally beaten. Del Camp's mother, Bonnie Cayley, was denied custody after arriving late to the hearing. Just like a month before this child was beaten, Del Camp's mother was denied custody of the child after arriving late for court. Yes. True story. She she came late. They they moved on. She didn't get the she didn't uh the, she didn't get custody of the child. I I don't know if that's good, bad, or indifferent. I don't know. I just know that they, that there were people that were trying when with those with those little just nuggets of information. Anybody that's in a that was in a position to help that child should have been able to, to follow those tracks because it took myself and another reporter less than four hours to go to the courthouse and discover crazy amounts of 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 filings uh, it, that had to do with this case and and again it comes back to pay scales in various uh, professions and various counties and obviously and sadly we live in a place where the pay scales aren't the highest. But uh, the old argument is is that they need to pay more and you get better people and blah, blah, blah. Unfortunately for me, I don't buy it. If you take a job, you know what it was going into it and you need to be able to do that job. Good, bad, or indifferent. If you don't like it and you don't feel you're, you're getting your worth, then you need to move on. But, but that doesn't mean that the quality of work should go down. And in this case, unfortunately, I believe that the quality of work went down. We've covered pretty much the time leading up to October 10th, 2019. This is the day that Arabella Parker was severely beaten. So let's go to that day. Um, hadn't a children and youth caseworker visited the house that day? Testified visited the house that morning and the child was happy as could be and running around and jumping around and jumping on laps and just a happy, happy person. But yet, but yet you have a doctor which I stated earlier, who said that there's almost impossible for that to happen because for the for months before that, she was suffering from 60-some, I believe, injuries that were healing, including ribs and couldn't lift her arms. But yet this child was running around happy as could be. According to reports, on October 10th, 2019, the day of the beating, Jared Burgess became angry when Arabella wouldn't eat and he picked her up and threw her. The child's head hit a wall and she went into a seizure. Samantha Delcamp, the child's mother, and her boyfriend did not call an ambulance at this time, but rather they called Christy Willis, Jared Burgess's mother. Sometime after Willis arrived at the home, 911 was finally called. This was not until nearly an hour after the incident had occurred. What was what was testified to and 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 presented to a jury was was that uh, Mr. Burgess 
got mad because the child wasn't eating and he threw the child. And when he threw the child, the child was supposed to land on a foam, a little foam uh, Mickey Mouse Disney type couch for, for, for babies and missed and banged off the, and her head smashed off the ground or wall. According to Burgess, who I've spoke to twice now, once shortly after he was arrested, uh, that didn't happen. Uh, apparently, apparently all he said he did was give her a couple of pats on the bottom. He took responsibility for, for a bunch of things, but he continuously claimed that the truth would come out and, and you would find out about Samantha Del Camp and Del Camp claimed battered woman. And, you know, that's like we, like I said before, so to say what exactly happened that day, the only thing that I can tell you that was testified to and taken as, as Bible is the fact that uh, this child was supposed to be eating a sandwich and wasn't eating, and that pissed off Mr. Burgess, and and he picked her up and threw her off the threw her off the couch, and she smashed her head to the point that that during her time in the hospital, she needed to have part of her brain removed. So, so is that a, is that a throw? Is that, I mean, is that, does that happen? I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not a, I'm not a doctor, but c- can that happen? One time incident like that? Can that happen? Or was there, or is there, uh, you know, did you soften the, soften the areas prior to? Didn't she go into a seizure after her head hit the wall? That's what they say. They say she went into a seizure and they started looking up seizure. And I would imagine that she, that she did. I mean, that that's what was looked up. And then they waited uh, almost an hour, 40 some minutes before they would call somebody. And then they bring in the, 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 another relative. And that relative does the same thing claims that didn't, but was found guilty of doing that. And they, and they don't call this kid's laying on the ground, having a seizure. And there's three adults just standing there looking at her and they don't, they, they do nothing. Nobody calls 911 for it's you. You mean you can? I, I don't know it off the top of my head without referring to notes, but it's almost an hour before anybody gets there. Let me tell you, the problem that they have with that not calling was is that where this place is is not a very accessible to hospitals. So they could have been. They could have have a you have a, a world renowned hospital, but to get there you need to be life flighted to get there. But the time was running out, and had they had everybody in place, and had they told the truth from what happened in the beginning. This result may be a little different because now you have the uh, uh, a team that uh, of professionals at Geisinger Medical Center who are prepared for the truth when they get there, not a seizure. So now you have to restart the positions for everybody once they find out, wait a second, this isn't a seizure. We'll be back after this. At Sunbury Motor Company, the letters SMC mean a lot to us. Those letters stand for a tradition of trust since 1950. SMC. Stand for selling more cars. And satisfying more customers. SMC. It stands for Sunbury Motor Company. And when you need a Ford, Hyundai, or Kia, you have our lowest price promise. Log on to sunburymotors.com to see more choices and save more cash. And then you can say, start my car. I'll take it. SMC. In the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. Arabella spent 44 days in a coma at Geisinger Medical Center. During this time, the media was a circus of stories and updates. Samantha Del Camp even left her child to make an appearance on the Steve Wilco show. And after 44 days in the hospital, Arabella Parker dies on November 22, 2019. In the meantime, while this child 
is in the hospital, what happens in the media? It's an uproar. I mean, there's I'm I'm starting to get phone calls from outlets all over the place asking what's going on, what's going on. And then I find out that Miss Samantha Delcamp decided to go do the Steve Wilco show, uh, a syndicated talk show that deals with all kind of just peculiar situations. And this one just seemed to stick to the former uh, wannabe pro wrestler. I mean, for people that haven't seen this clip of Samantha Delcamp on the Steve Wilco show, tell tell us a little bit about what went well, down. Well, it's not a clip; it's a show. I mean, it, I mean, they dedicated the show to her. She got her own, you know, she got her own two hundred and fifty dollars or something like that gift card to come up there. Yeah, she went up and she was on the show and and she got abused by the by Mr. Wilcos, the the wannabe pro wrestler. He was on there and he was and he was going at it with her and. And he was calling her all kind of names, and and he made for great TV. He made for some great TV. But unfortunately, there was a community that was back here that was really wanting to know the facts and not see a crowd of people clap and and abuse the entire family by by doing what he did on the show. So, uh, well, I had reached out to to this talk show host, and and but he just didn't call back. I just I don't know why he didn't call back. And again, I have some ties there that I, I would have imagined that he would have called back, but he didn't. And my question would have been was, was what was the point of the show? Did what truths came out of that show? What, what, what did you gain by, by doing that out of the show other than make a spectacle and, and be able to stand there and say, this is a tragedy. This is a tragedy. Well, I think everybody knows it's a tragedy. So, but yes, the area got to see. Samantha Delcamp live on the Steve Wilco show and it was a very well watched show. Do we think this is a little I don't know, like unprofessional for media to bring on and um like I don't know, almost promote this mother? Like I don't know, they were they're rewarding her almost, putting her on this big screen across the country, giving her some gift card as payment for being on the show when her abused child is laying in a hospital dying. That's a, that's a question for all the people that are listening. And I, and I invite them all to write to you and, and give you that response because I think it would be overwhelming the response. I think the media, the, the, the credible media has the job to report the facts to the public. Right. Like it's one thing to report what happened to report the truth so that the public knows about it. I've always said that there's two sides to every story and sometimes there's three. And I always like to give both sides and I've spoke to many people about it. And a lot of people have questioned me on why I decide to always talk to the other side and, and not just the victim side of it, because everybody gets a side, everybody gets a voice. And I wanted to give them that voice, but I gave them the voice to talk. I didn't, I don't, I wouldn't have promoted uh, to say, come on here and let's, and let's, you know, do, the crazy stuff that happened on that show. So without, I'm without promoting it anymore. Uh, I, I, the, the media should have is their job is to, is to do credible work. And I just, again, I, I ask your, your listeners to write in and give you the response to your question. After Samantha Delcamp was arrested for endangering the welfare of a child, her sister, Mandy Kegler was granted temporary custody of Arabella. So Arabella was in the hospital for 44 days. During this time, Mandy Kegler 
Samantha Delcamp's sister, Arabella's aunt, was granted custody. I mean, at that point, yes, I, uh, she did everything in her power and she did everything right. And, she, and she, I mean, she's a great person and, and you know, took took control of the child and, and made sure that the child was, you know, was being cared for again. And the, I mean, obviously the child was the safest it's ever been. So she did everything right. And I have nothing but respect for, for uh, Mandy Kegler in this whole thing. She's uh, never shied away. She's been to every single hearing every single court appearance and i mean and, and this is her sister you know this is her own sister and yet she still stood up and 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 she did the right thing so and lucinda lucinda the other sister uh, same thing i mean they were all these they were there they were there for the child and and sarah they were all there for the child and it just uh, it just makes you all wonder all all around the boards did these people did these relatives had they made Reports to children and youth before, were they aware of any of the alleged abuse that was going on before this so, day? So, yes, I, I, my understanding is, is that uh, Amanda Parker, who is a, who is a, uh, the Arabella's sister, actually, she made, she made reports. They called in, they, they, they did this. Now, we'll, we'll never know that because they're not public records per se, because they are dealing with the, with the youth. So, yes, I understand that there were reports made. Wouldn't those, couldn't, um... Like, those reports have been pulled during the trials? No. I mean, unless they were presented into the court as evidence, no. And and so they were not, and, and they are sealed. Is it weird that they weren't? No. I mean, and let, you're not prosecuting. You weren't prosecuting children and youth. You were prosecuting what happened in the incident. So No, I'm not. But if people were making calls to children and youth reporting prior abuse by these individuals... That, sh that shows a history, that shows a record of abuse. So I'm saying, couldn't that have been used in, in their trials? I mean, that's a good question. That's an attorney question. <laughs> that I, I I really wouldn't have an answer. That would be an attorney question on, on however they you know decided to prepare for, for the trial. I mean, whatever happened, they were all found guilty, so it worked out. So Mandy Kegler um, gets custody, finally, of Arabella. It took a literal severe beating to get someone else to get custody of this child um and then the doctors suggested that she remove arabella from life support on the 20th and arabella died on november 22nd how hard of a decision do you think that would have been to make it was horrible and and you'll get the opportunity to find that out uh, through through you know interviewing her but yeah it's, it's horrific it's a it's a horrible thing but the fact is is that during that time, while Arabella was off, there was candlelight vigil after candlelight vigil all throughout the, the central Pennsylvania. I mean, there was just, it was it was at Geisinger Hospital. It was in the area where they were. They were at the parks. They were everywhere. And it was and it was nice that the community came together for this little for this little girl. And she hung on. I mean, let's face it, she hung on. I did, you know, there were updates. She she hung on. She I'm sure that that uh, poor child just did everything she can to to, to stay alive and. You know, I guess there was just bigger plans, and and unfortunately, again, this this whole situation uh, is is something that that it, you never want to believe can happen. You never want to think that it can happen, and the reality is is that it happened. And now a quick word from our sponsors. The America's Hose Company has been serving Sunbury and the surrounding community since 1893. 
Today, they respond to emergencies with multiple ambulance crews and a tower within the Sunbury Fire Department. Their social club is a hot spot for many Sunbury locals looking for a relaxed environment and a home-cooked meal after a long day on the job. Their menu offers the classics along with a new special every day at an affordable price for the whole family. Come and enjoy yourself for good food, good drinks, and good friends. So how soon did the arrests occur? There were three arrests in this case? There were three arrests in this case. They were shortly after. Uh, Samantha was was a little bit longer. Uh, like I said, she had left the... She had left the... While well, her child was in the hospital, she had left and decided to go to Connecticut to film uh, on that talk show. So she had left and... I think, you know, sometimes uh, people don't make the smartest decisions during this thing. And I think there was an evidence and a uh, fact gathering session over the course of those couple of days. So the arresting trooper, uh, Trooper Brian Siebert, was is absolutely one of the most phenomenal investigators in, that I've ever had the pleasure to speak to uh, through my career here. And, and he just... The guy never stopped. He never gave up, and he stayed on every single thing that had happened. And and state police, uh, and the Northumberland County District Attorney's Office deserve nothing but the utmost uh, respect for everything that they did in this. And and the District Attorney Tony Malevich made a made a plea from the beginning and said there will be no deals made in this case whatsoever. And he stuck with that the entire way through. And the case could have been over a lot sooner with deals being made. And he didn't do that. He stuck with it all the way through. And the good part for you for this season is that you're going to be able to uh, speak to various people. You're going to be able to get good insights. I really hope that uh, uh, one of the, a caseworker would come on from anywhere and just discuss even, you know, the policies or what happens. Uh, I would love to see that happen for you. You know, there's, there's many attorneys that were involved. So this, this is a, this is more for people, uh, not a, a whodunit, but to me, going forward with this, I think this should be uh, a learning lesson and a... and a. Uh, this is about what what we should have done differently to prevent this from happening. That this didn't have to happen. And how do our systems have to change so that we ensure that this doesn't happen again? That's what we're going to try to figure out. Thank you for listening to this episode. This is the first of what will likely be several interviews regarding this case. Hopefully, today's episode gave you an overview of events. Next week, we will be joined by relatives of Arabella Parker, two of her aunts, Mandy Kegler and Lucinda Delcamp. Listen next week to hear this story from their points of view.